This fresh coat of the startup life has been sprayed on nice and smooth by Wagner and the Flexel series of paint sprayers. Startup Nation, my wife decided she wanted to rehab her childhood home. The goal was to fix it up and invite a nice family to rent it out. We knew one of the biggest jobs we had to undertake was painting. However, from the walls, the cabinets, and even the siding outside, it was going to be a big task. As entrepreneurs with a company to run, we knew this was going to take up a lot of our time, which is why we decided to get a paint sprayer. And after much research, we decided to go with the sprayer from the Flexio series from Wagner. Startup Nation, these sprayers are top-notch because of its flexibility to paint or stain walls, furniture, cabinets, and more. It's 10 times faster than using a paintbrush, which was a big selling point for us. And you can paint or stain right from the can. It's also easy to clean in five minutes and being great for indoor and outdoor projects, a paint sprayer from the Flexio series clearly needs to be part of the arsenal in your garage. So if you're ready to stain your deck or like me, fill your daughter's request of a bubblegum pink room, up your game with a paint sprayer from the Flexio series by Wagner. Take it from me. Your time will thank you. It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is the Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, we always have many uh, great guests. And, you know, one of my favorite type of entrepreneurs are serial entrepreneurs, right? They, they just love, you know, solving uh, you know, solving problems and, and scaling companies. And we have another great one uh, today. His name is Paul Dashevsky, and he's a partner at Great Bills. What's going on, Paul? Hey, Dominic. Nice to be with you. Oh, I can't complain, brother. Can't complain. Thank you so much uh, for uh, coming on the show. Hey, you know, if you would just kind of give us an origin story, quick background on who Paul is and what you're all about, my man. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Um, so, about 20 years ago, I, I did my education. I got a, a master's in real estate development because I, I knew I wanted to go and do real estate and do um, uh, do, do work in that space. So I, I actually worked for a few few companies, a few real estate developers for about nine years. And then I went out on my own, started a little sort of family private equity fund where we invested in um, other people's real estate deals. And, and that was fun for a bit. Gotcha. Um, then went on and started a flipping company. Um, I found a partner and we spent about 10 years flipping homes. We did about 350 flips here in uh, Southern California. So that was wow. sort of my second, second act. Yeah. Right. And then I stopped doing that a few years ago and I started this a company called uh, Great Builds because mm -hmm. I found it was a little challenging for people to find good contractors. So Great Builds is um, is a service here locally in Southern California that matches homeowners that want to renovate with pre-screened, uh, pre-vetted general contractors. And that's me in a nutshell. Absolutely. And, and if you want to check out Great Builds and you're looking there in the Southern California area and you're looking for a great contractor, make sure you check out Great Builds. Uh, greatbills.com. We have that link there in the show notes for easy access if you're listening to the replay on the podcast. You know, you, and you talked about this just now. Just kind of got get into it. We're like, why? When is it about contractors that people have a hard time dealing with? Is this because there's so many out there that, you know, they're hard to come by? Is it because there's so many out there who maybe not be so on the up and up? Kind of talk about that a little bit. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of the wild west, Dominic. Mm, um, right. You know, look, I'm sure you you've had the same experience. But when I would talk to people about their experience with uh, with contractors, um, they would want to talk to me about one of two things. Either they would tell me about a remodel, a nightmare, or issue they've had with a contractor in the past. So that was very common. Right. Or they would they would ask me, "Hey, I really need a good." contract recommendation i'm looking for somebody good and it got me thinking a couple years ago uh why is this so hard what makes it so hard you know it's not that hard to buy a laptop or a pair of shoes or buy a car but it's hard to find a good contractor and when when i did a little bit of homework i found something that i stumbled on something that i thought was kind of interesting that Mm. most people aren't aware of I, i found that there was a survey done a few years back and they interviewed people after they remodeled and surveyed them on on their experience and over 50 percent of homeowners that remodeled said they had a bad experience a negative experience wow. with their contractor or their remodel so that's a lot I thought about right <laughs> what other industry where you're 50 of the people are unhappy with the product right uh, marriage just, but never mind that's a whole uh, other joke <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, marriage is a good one i usually <laughs> say I usually say politics because fair enough, 50, fair politics, enough, politics, marriage, but this is ridiculous. Absolutely. And that so is I th- absurd. I, I thought you got a 50, 50 chance of having a good experience and a 50, 50 chance of being miserable, right? Because when you hire a bad contractor, they will literally make you miserable. You can't get a hold of them. They never show up. They're, they're delayed. They're, they, they cost you more money. Right. So I thought, how, how do we fix this? And that's where we created this company, Great Builds, where we go out we really vet, vet, vet contractors to narrow the field down to the, let's say, the 50% that are good because we check and we call references and we, you know, we, we go through this whole 10-step vetting process. And then we can recommend those contractors, the, the quote-unquote good guys, to clients who need somebody, uh, somebody good. For sure. For sure. No, I appreciate you sharing all that. You know, and if you would just kind of go into – you know, how, you know, you know, more and more how great bills kind of vet those contractors, what that process looks like, because uh, I know we have a lot of uh, listeners who are in the contracting game. And so they may want to, uh-huh. you know, you know, kind of up their game and, and kind of partner with great bills if they're there in the Southern California area. But also just kind of talk about how great bills works all, all, you know, all in a nutshell. Yeah. So the the process, the, 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 the way we've created it is that a client needs a contractor. And, you know, really the only good way I think to find a contractor is to ask a friend, a neighbor who they've had a good experience with. Because after that, option two really isn't great, which mm. is sifting through review sites or sifting through your junk mail and everyone has pretty pictures and five stars. That doesn't really tell you anything. So right. we thought there was sort of a better way. So what we do is we go through this 10-step vetting process. I mean, in a nutshell, it's management interview, calling references, checking work experience, running a background check, checking online ratings, mm. checking the contractor state license board insurance, and making them sign a code of conduct. So it's like this sort of comprehensive uh, a process so that the ones that come through the bottom of the funnel and we give a check mark to, there's a better chance than 50-50 that those are really the solid guys. And so Look, what do people want out of a contractor? They want them to treat the house as if it, with respect, as if it was their own. They want to be treated with respect. They're paying 
tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. So they want people to show up. They want to be communicated with. It's not that difficult, but contractors have a a tough situation. You know, they have employees. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they don't show up. Sometimes trucks break down. Sometimes materials, uh, you know, are delayed. So they have a tough time at it. But the ones that people like are the ones that will just be honest and upfront and will call and will over communicate and will under promise and over deliver. It's just like anything else in of life, course. you know, and that's it. That's it. And, um, and so the, sorry, the thing I didn't mention about great builds is other than sort of marrying a person who needs a contractor with a great contractor is we then stay involved. My staff mm. stays involved throughout the renovation process. Cause something will, some miscommunication will come up. Absolutely. So we want that, yeah, so we want that client to be able to call and say, hey, I know Joe's great, you know, the contractor, but I haven't heard from him in a few days. What's up? We'll get a hold of him. We'll figure that out. We'll sort of be that support network for the client when when, and if there's an issue at all. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. I want to ask one quick follow-up question before we move on. But So let's say – you know, you're talking, you know, you're, you know, Joe, the contractor, he's hired and stuff like that. And you have one of those situations where uh, the person hasn't heard from him in days and uh, and stuff like that, you know, and, and then you come in to find out like, OK, Joe, the contractor ended up not being who he says he was. He didn't really complete the job on time. He's taking time and this and the other. I guess what's that process after the fact, you know, if you, well, you kind of feel like, well, maybe he's not a good fit for great bills and for this project and stuff like that. Yeah, there's there's a one strike policy with us. Oh, I mean, wow. The, OK, well, because think about it. If if you didn't do if that contractor did not do a good job for Mrs. Jones and mm-hmm. let's say Mrs. Jones is a reasonable person and explain to us, look, I really tried. She wasn't kind of out there and, you know, in space and expected crazy things. But if, if the client is a reasonable person and the contractor just did not come through and whatever did poor work delays extra caught whatever the issue was right they're gone they're 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 frankly they're gone there's other better contractors that we could find um but but hopefully we'll never get to that because of course in advance you know we want to call um we want to call their references and make sure they do good work for other people because usually when you do good work for three five ten clients that's a that that tells that tells you something that that that's a contractor that cares about their client cares about their work so on and so forth but um you know what what we would do if there's an issue is we would help mrs jones or whoever the client solve it whether they have to fire the contractor find a new one whether we have to get involved to make sure the contractor finishes the job we'll do what what we can do to help them solve it and frankly these contractors generally will follow our lead and i say that because we can we give them lead after lead after lead dominic so Mm -hmm. we're kind of important to them so if we kind of say jump to a certain degree they'll say how high because they want that next lead and that next lead and that next lead absolutely and and if you're not doing the work and not doing the work well uh you only have those leads and and, you know and, and a contractor's uh, you know, uh, means of making an income is definitely, you know, constant, that constant pipeline, 
if you will, yep. I would imagine. So now I appreciate uh, you sharing that. Once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Paul Deshevsky, the founder, uh, co-founder of uh, Great Bills. Uh, once again, we have that link, greatbills.com. We have that link there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on the podcast. Uh, I want to ask you this about kind of just real estate uh, as a whole, because, you know, I, I can't t- I've lost count, Paul, how many mailers and, and phone calls and stuff like that. Hey, you want to buy it? You want to sell your house? 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 Uh, and so I, I guess kind of explain what's going on in, in the real estate game right now these days, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, I wish I had a really good answer, um, but, <laughs> but, but, but I don't really know, um, there, I mean, from my perspective, uh-huh. um, right now with COVID, I expected things to just shut off, but gotcha. that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Right? right. We all see this real estate prices continue to go up. People continue to move. And interestingly, people continue to renovate. And that shocked me, but from everything I've read, Dominic, it seems to be people are at home and they're antsy and they're mm, bored mm. and they want to do something that feels like they're in control of their lives, Fair understandably, enough. because, gotcha. because we're not. Right. So I, I could tell you, I've had countless friends that have moved. This was their sort of their impetus to get up and move and change their lives and do what they, you know, wanted to do for years mm-hmm. or, or they, uh, or they decide to renovate, even though they've been putting that off because that's something they can control in their home anyways. So I think the answer is that there's just a lot of demand uh, because people are buying interest rates help really low interest rates. Help. There's a lot of demand. Right. And maybe not quite as much supply because, you know, those of us that aren't selling our homes that aren't moving aren't exactly keen on getting our house ready and showing people through and the masks and the this and the that. So right. the, I'd say supply is low. Demand is high. Prices keep going up and, um, you know, and real estate agents are staying busy and they want you to sell your house. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I imagine that's definitely. Well, I mean, well, kind of explain the market there in, in Southern California. I imagine that's always a hot market, hot market, correct? I mean, it's been hot for a long time. There mm-hmm. was the last recession in 2008. Of course. Of course. Things, you know, we had a big run up. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think in in places like Southern California, where you have a big, big run up, you also have a big decline. So, for example, here, when I started flipping in 2009, which was kind of when when the sky was falling in the last recession, uh, it was um, I mean, prices fell over the next three years or so by about 40 in some places, 50 even some places, 60 percent from their peak. So, yes. Things are hot in California, but things are, or, you know, in Southern California, but they're hot when they're hot. And when, when the, you know, hits the fan, uh, mm. there could be a big drop. So, <laughs> right. uh, right. Right. For sure. For sure. And, you know, you know, speaking of people kind of taking control of their lives and stuff like that, a lot of people are kind of, uh, diving into the world of entrepreneurship. And many of those people that I see, and a lot of those people listen to our show, uh, many of those people are getting into the real estate game, flipping houses, wholesale buying and stuff like that. What kind of advice would you give uh, those people that want to kind of dive into that uh, that uh, that land of entrepreneurship when it comes to real estate? Yeah, look, I I love real estate, so I certainly understand why people would want to get into it. It's exciting. Obviously, you can make good money because asset values, you know, real estate is the most expensive asset, I think, or one of them. Um, so, so the possibilities are great, but 
for if you're new, I'd say you have to really be cautious and really be and, and really be willing to learn. And I'd say learn from someone that's been doing it for a while. So for right. example, if you want to become a real estate agent, partner up with somebody who's been doing it for a while. If you want to be, flip homes, partner up with someone that's been doing it. I could tell you from from experience, and I had real estate experience when I started flipping, but my first few homes, maybe my first dozen, we made funny, ridiculous, silly mistakes mm. um, that easily cost us lots of money. Why? Because we were the newest flippers. And I like to say when you're the newest, you're the dumbest. Mm. I mean, not because you're dumb, just because you're new. You don't know what you don't know. Of so I, I love real estate and I, I love when, you know, people get into real estate as a, as you know, as entrepreneurs and to start a business. But I would say it's not something you can just sort of pick up um, and uh, right. experiment with. Really, you got to you got to listen to podcasts like this. You got to read books. You got to partner up. You got to learn from somebody and, and and get a mentor and try to try to try to make mistakes on somebody else's dime for the first couple times, gotcha. if you will, um, so that you don't lose money on it. For sure. All right, Startup Nation. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson and you're listening to The Startup Life. Tresta powers this episode of The Startup Life. Okay, Startup Nation, I want to talk to you about our sponsor, Tresta. Tresta is an app for iPhone and Android that lets you do business calling and texting from anywhere. I know so many entrepreneurs that are still using their, their personal phone number for business calls. It can get complicated drawing the line between your personal and professional life. Startup Nation, this is the best business phone app out there. Whether you just need a business phone number or if your team is ready for a complete business phone system, Tresta is totally flexible and can grow with your business. And it's all unlimited. Calling, texting, and all of the powerful call management features like auto attendance, call recording, user groups, and more for just $15 per user per month. With Tresta, there's no contract and you don't need any special hardware, just your smartphone you're already using. Tresta is easy to configure so you can set everything up yourself, all online avoiding all the hassle and high overhead costs of setting up a traditional business phone system, which is important because as entrepreneurs, we are always trying to cut cost and time. They're often a 30-day free trial so you can see if Tresta's virtual phone system is right for you. Communicate smarter and more efficiently with Tresta. Start now at Tresta.com forward slash startup life. That's T-R-E-S-T-A dot com forward slash startup life. The link is there in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast. Tresta, business communication simplified. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. No, look, because you, you talked about it earlier. A lot of people are staying at home. A lot of people are, are binge watching like a lot of shows on HGTV and, 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 and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, you know, I would love to do that. And they get into it. It's like, oh, man, this is this is a lot. Right. You know, so I, I guess I'm curious, you know, you know, got to uh, tamper those expectations, if you will, Startup Nation. I was just kind of curious and fascinated uh, to kind of ask you about that you know i i guess i'm curious about you know what are you seeing about like what are those next 
those things in real estate right now that you're excited about? Like I said, we talked about, you know, uh, market, you know, rates are low and stuff like that. But what is what is Paul excited about real estate or maybe the next phase of real estate uh, moving forward? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great question. Um, I, I'm bad about crystal balls because I feel <laughs> like, <enough>. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I feel like uh, um, I'm wrong just as much as I'm right. You know, that 50% uh, sort of thing we were talking about, I'm definitely 50-50. But right. um, look, I, I, I'm always looking for an interesting deal, you know, with a story. Right. So I met a gal to not not too long ago that also has been flipping homes for actually longer than me, 15 years. And she specializes in buying hoarder homes. Right. Well, hoarder homes have a story. They are never going to sell at full price because the average person doesn't want to come into a home and, and buy a hoarder home. Right. That's mm-hmm. just so it, it has to sell to an investor or, or somebody that's willing to you know take that on. And so it's going to sell for, for a lower price. You have to deal with the, the hoarding. You have to deal with maybe pests. Anyways, mm. so it has what we call a story. That story uh, makes it so that it's a, it's a good deal. It's a compelling deal. If you're just buying the average house on market and thinking that you're going to renovate it and get top dollar, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Usually for folks like that, they don't make a lot of money doing that sort of thing. But if you're going into this thinking, well, maybe I'm going to buy trust sales and may, or, or maybe I, you know, I'm going to look into the world of sales that come through because of divorce or whatever, right. you know, c- uh, compelling stories. Or I'm just going to get to know uh, a, a, real, a, a real estate agent in the market and um, tell them I want to buy fixers or I want to buy this. Or it doesn't. And I don't want to say that that makes it easy. It's still not easy, but at least now you're on the right path. If you're right. not doing that, you're not even on the right path yet. So, so does that make sense? No, that makes that makes complete sense. That makes complete sense, and I appreciate you uh, sharing that. You know, I, I want to ask you this kind of transition here uh, a little bit because I know you're on the membership committee of Tech Coast Angels uh, LA, the most prolific angel network uh in the united states and if you want to check that out start to mention we have that link there in the show notes for easy access uh, i'm curious you know because you know you, you talked about being uh in a, in a uh, private equity and stuff like that earlier uh, i'm curious like when people come and ask for money right what, what are some of those uh mistakes that you awfully uh often find when people come asking for money when it comes you know trying to seek an investor for a real estate deal or something like that kind of talk about that a little bit yeah. Um, so with, with angel investors or, 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 or any investor that's seeking, um, uh, that, that, that's investing in newer companies, right? We're right. talking about look, looking at companies that, that are reasonably new that are, um, that don't have a lot of traction. If you're an entrepreneur and you're looking for that kind of investment, you have to understand that that investor is, um, knows that 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 what you're offering them is is a risky proposition and mm. that you know the likelihood of of them investing their money in you and getting anything significant back is low and so um you're right there's all these qualifications that they're looking for so one example is what we call product market fit 
Um, so if you come and you say, I have this great idea and I'm starting to, you know, do this, I'm starting to, I want to start a restaurant or I want to start a wine brand or, or, or whatever it is. Right. Um, that's great. But as an investor, you have to say, have you proven out product market fit? So that, mm. that restaurant or whatever that business is, how can you prove to me that it's going to work in that location or what you're trying to sell? There's a lot of wines out there. There's a lot of restaurants out there. There's a lot of plumbers. There's always a lot of something, or if it's an idea that's novel and nobody's ever heard of, again, how do you prove to me that it's going to work? So you have to sort of show me that you're already selling something, that you're already, you've had, you've interviewed people, you've whatever. And then the second thing fits into that, which is, which is you're really as an entrepreneur, sorry, as an investor, you're really investing in the entrepreneur at an early stage. You know, the company is nothing. You're really investing in the entrepreneur. So for example, if you, as an entrepreneur, want to do home health care, and you come with a with a deal to to an investor, they want to know, okay, uh, have you had experience doing this? Forget about having a business, but do you have experience in this field? And if 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 the answer to that is no, but I want to try it out, that's oh <laughs> great, right? <laughs> but what if but what if that uh, that entrepreneur said yes, I've been doing this for ten years for somebody else. I know the ins and outs, and I've I've been in this business, and I I literally know it to the T. And this person is you know he's it, this person I work for has great business, but I could see it going another growing another fifty percent if they just do this this and this and this. And here's the research I did. Now all of a sudden, as a as a as an investor, you feel a lot more confident. Like yeah. Yeah, this guy knows the business. He seems to have done a lot of homework to, to figure out how to then turn, you know, get that business cranking even better. That's the kind of thing as an investor you're looking for from an entrepreneur is experience and um, uh, insight and motivation and product market fit. And there's a bunch of others, but but that that's sort of a, that's a good start for you for sure no and, and i appreciate that because you know once again that, that's one of the things that we've been hearing a lot is that like investors they're not i mean they're obviously they're you no know, product market fit you know experience and stuff like that but they're you know ultimately at the end of the day kind of investing in the uh entrepreneur and uh, something else that you said i thought was uh very interesting it just makes so much sense because you know there there were days where you could just have an idea on a napkin and like maybe you can get some money for it but now with so many things at your disposal from the internet and pay systems and stuff like that that are uh, very affordable now uh not like they was maybe 10 20 years ago you you kind of you kind of have to walk in the door with a uh with an investor with some type of proof of concept some type of um, experience in that game, some, some skin in the game for sure. So I appreciate you sharing all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, look, even if you're, uh, even if you want to put an idea or whatever on crowdfunding or Kickstarter right. and you raise a little bit of money or interest that way, you could show an investor, Hey, look, clearly there's some interest there, or you just, you know, a mistake I think a lot of entrepreneurs make is they worry about the the expenses first. I've heard mm. some smart people say this. Let's open an office. Let's staff up. Let's get a copy machine. Let's you know whatever. Right? right. Spend money to. That's that's the that's the wrong tact. All you need is a bedroom in your house and a laptop and and a phone. Right. right? Um. You know. And and if you 
use your own money, use some family money to, to bootstrap and figure out, can you get customers? If you want to build a product, build a prototype. If you want to do a service, you know, hustle and, and t- ask a hundred of your friends who's willing to pay for this. You have to just really not even prove it out to investors, prove it out to yourself. Right. right? When we, when we started great builds, we, we pivoted a few times, but and we pivoted because we thought something would work. And then we talked, my, my advice is talk to as many people as you can. I mean, not everybody's advice is correct, but you'll, you will hear some things that will resonate with you. I remember early on, I had a conversation with a very smart guy and he said, well, I know you're, this is the business you want to do, but, but here's, here's a suggestion for you to pivot this. And at first I kind of thought, ah, yeah, that's not really what I want to do. But what I realized, like over a couple weeks or a couple months, I slept on it. And that comment just kept coming like into my head again and again and again. And as we kept learning over those few months, mm-hmm. we learned that, yes, he's right. That original business model, it, it's going to be hard to get revenue and it's going to be hard to scale. But the, but the business model he recommended, that does have legs. So by having that conversation, it really changed my I'll say in quotes, but my life, right? My trajectory for the next few years, because I did decide to pivot based on his recommendation. So my, my advice is like, you have an idea, you want to start a business, number one, work on revenue and clients and, you know, seeing if you can actually sell whatever it is that you want to sell. Right. And two, just, just literally talk to anyone that will talk to you um, and, and ask them, does this make sense? What do you think? And, and and it's not friends, right, Dominic? Friends and family will always tell you you're a genius, and yes, right. go and you know go 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 for your go for your goals. You want to talk to other people and really get honest feedback and ask them. Should I start a restaurant in this location? And somebody might say, "Hey, the last three that opened, they're closed. That should be a clue to you, you know, that may so." Anyways, you'll you'll learn as you go, and I think that's valuable. Right? Restaurants are hard, aren't they? It's, it's like, you know, razor thin yeah. margins and, 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 and stuff like that. It's like your food prices fluctuate. Restaurants are so hard. <laughs> I, I use restaurants as an example, but, but I tell you, I would never open a restaurant in my life right. for, for, for the reasons you said. But I also I do have a friend who who opens restaurants and I like to say that he enjoys drama because right. he won't admit it, but he does because there's, I mean, think about the wait staff and the, and the host and there's always somebody not coming in and right. there's always, there's just staffing problems and food problems and custom anyways, but he loves it, but I would never do it. Well, right. I mean, you know, like you say, he must love drama because like, there's a lot of drama, you know, like I'm with you. I would never open a restaurant, you know, and, and, and I mean, look, it, you know, a lot of people who are, who open them, they're really good at it, but they're also like, one thing I've noticed about people who are restaurateurs who are good at, they're extremely meticulous. And I think you mm. have to be when you start a restaurant, you know, you know, so I, I appreciate it. And I guess, you know, have an appetite for drama, I guess, mm. as well. Once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to actually wrapping up uh, with Paul Deshevsky, the uh, founder of uh, Great Bills. Once again, we could have that, that website there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on the podcast we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier paul but let's kind of dive into it just a little bit more as we're wrapping up right now how how has life been for you and you know during COVID? you know it was the COVID moment now we're kind of in the COVID era uh if you will so kind of talk about how you've been navigating this new normal i guess 
Yeah, it's sort of amazing. Like I said, we really sort of shrunk a little bit with, with my company at the beginning of COVID right. because I was concerned that no one was going to do anything. We were going to start a, a pretty deep recession, but that's not what ended up happening. So we ended up uh, starting to grow a little bit. People were calling us for um, uh, for various kinds of renovations they wanted to do. As a matter of fact, we're really busy out here in California. They passed some new laws with regards to being able to add uh, something called an ADU, which stands for accessory dwelling unit, which mm-hmm. is essentially being, being able to put a small unit in your backyard. So now that can do that throughout the state uh, we're getting tons of calls from people saying yeah i want to build build a unit in my backyard for family or for my retired parents or for myself or for a rental unit or for a work from home office right there's just so many so many options so uh whereas that opportunity didn't exist exist recently now it's a big thing so uh i i'm optimistic that that things will um keep moving in the right direction and you know, the statistics are interesting. I think they say 25% of all homeowners say they plan some kind of renovation in the next year or two. So there's always there's always something going on. People are always trying to improve their space one way or the other. And we, we just want to make sure we're we're helpful to those people and uh, ensure that they don't have uh, that they have a bad experience and not a and not a negative experience because those negative experiences can be ultra ultra stressful absolutely absolutely i i definitely understand that hey paul let me ask you this man who are some people you just kind of look up to and admire you know whether it be you know business leaders or just in general who are those people you look up to and why oh man obviously (laughs) um there's a, a gent called uh, Peter Diamandis. Uh, he he's an author. He's a podcast host, and he's a futurist. Mm-hmm. And I would say he's a incre- incredibly interesting and influential. Keeps his finger on the pulse of what's happening and, and the future and, and entrepreneurship. But I'd say more than anything else, he is uh, he's like an eternal optimist. He's the guy that started the X Prize, if anyone's uh, familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's such an optimist. He, you know, when you listen to his podcast or read his books, you just get a sense that the world's moving in the right direction. And he, he he's funny. He when, when he talks about like turning off the news, you know, don't listen to the news because it's always negative. And he calls CNN the crisis news network because that's, you know, <laughs> essentially what it is. Gotcha. And so it makes so it makes you really think about like if, if you listen to him and if you follow him, you just you feel better about what, the direction the world's heading and you learn a lot about um, future tech and mm. um, and future entrepreneurship. So he's he's great. Peter Diamandis. I hear that. I hear that. I appreciate that. Uh, that recommendation for sure. And before I ask the last question, I just want to say, Paul, thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, giving some very valuable insight into real estate and also your company. Once again, that company startup nation is great bills, uh, greatbills.com. We have that link there in the show notes for easy access. If you listen to the replay on the podcast and, and I guess, you know, Paul, you know, uh, Paul, if you would give you the opportunity to kind of be, uh, like the person you just mentioned, uh, you know, just kind of give us some words to kind of, you know, take us out for today. Just some words of encouragement, if you don't mind, good sir. Yeah, I would say that, especially for young entrepreneurs or folks that want to be entrepreneurs, there are so many wonderful resources out there to educate and inspire you, right? I mean, you have a terrific podcast and there's a lot of other terrific oh, you, podcasts <laughs> about 
about startups and entrepreneurship. And you can learn from these folks that you would otherwise not have access to, right? I wouldn't ha- I wouldn't have access to Peter Diamandis if if it wasn't for books and podcasts and websites and all the resources we have now. So right. I would say for folks thinking about doing this, like just get get involved in all the various um, options there are there. Learn, read, take all this stuff in. Like I said, maybe find a mentor and 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 get inspired because there's just so many ways to do that now. I hear that. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. And that's going to wrap up this session of the Star Life. Once again, I want to thank Paul Dushevsky for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Paul. Thanks. Thanks, Dominic. No worries. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.